Okay, let's pray. Abba, we thank you that your word is pure. And your word changes us. It equips us. It transforms us. So we bow our heads to your word so that we can hear and have you do everything you want to do in our lives, Abba. Individually, but also together as a people. Jacob started us off with this series and named it, Take Your Rightful Place. And we want to, Father, we want to take our rightful place. So help us, show us, teach us. There is no one who is a better teacher than you. Speak to our hearts. Um, allow us about to see things that we haven't seen yet so that we can step into those things in you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, taking your rightful place, part four. It's probably been defined already, but rightful place is a legitimate place or position that God has ordained for you. Your rightful place that you must take is a legitimate position and a place that God has ordained for you, that the Father has earmarked for you. It has your name on it. It says Emmanuel, as in Emmanuel, that Emmanuel. <laughs> if you thought it's the Emmanuel from the Bible, as in Jesus, no. It says Emmanuel because Emmanuel's name is on it. It's a place reserved for him. It says Tuni Anile because it's a place reserved for them. It's earmarked for you. And it's a legal standing. It's a legal position. It's rightfully yours to inhabit. This place, we rented it. There is a contract, I'm sure. So if someone comes at 345 and says that you guys don't have any access to this place, nope, doesn't work that way. There is a contract. It's been signed. We pay the bills. We rightfully deserve to come in. It's the same thing with your rightful place. It is already appropriated for you. So I want you to start thinking. It's not that we haven't been hearing this for the last three weeks, but still continue. Think along these lines. What is my rightful place? You don't want it to be too, you want it to be tangible. You need, it, you need to touch it. You need, only then can you inhabit it. It's not an abstract idea floating around or over our heads. It's real. It has your name on it. It has your name on it. So then you have to, and I have to, occupy this place. The rightful place that you have, it positions you towards your destiny. It positions you towards your destiny. If you ask David, David will tell you, that day I woke up and the Spirit of God asked me to go to this valley. And I was there and he kept reminding me that my strength comes from him. And I sang a hymn, I sang a song, he would say, because he kept reminding me that my strength comes from him. And as I was singing, there came a lion, and there came a bear, and I, I went after them because I knew that I had inside me the strength that God has for me. It's a place. It's reserved for you. If you don't step in, 
No one else will occupy that place. It's earmarked for you. And it, it, it aligns you with your destiny. And how do you define destiny? Destiny would be the sum total of everything that God has ordained for your life. It's the sum total of every good work, every God purpose, every aspiration that God has for you. It's, some to- it, it's a sum total of all of that. And that's your destiny. And so as I began to ask, and as you began, begin to ask, and you say, Abba, show me my rightful place. He'll show it. And some of you have already seen glimpses of it. You're at the edge of moving into this place that God has for you. For some of you, God is reminding you today, open your eyes. I have this for you. Why wouldn't you occupy this place? I have this for you. And, and, the, and, the, and the pathway to this rightful place is paved by the blood of Jesus. That's why it's legally yours. No one can stop you. The pathway to this rightful place, it's paved by the blood of Jesus. It's fresh blood that was shed for me and for you. So there cannot be anyone who can stop me and you from accessing this place. Because my mistakes will not prevent me from accessing this place. The blood has washed my sins away. So continue to think. What what is this rightful place, Abba, this year for me? What is it that you're showing? Yes, as as a church, as a body, Yes, there is a place that we have to inhabit. But individually for me, what does that look like? And what you hear, what you sense, write down. Write down so that you can go over it. And so that the Spirit of God will tell you more. He'll add line by line to what he has already spoken. He'll use others to tell you what it is. He'll speak to you directly. He'll speak through the word. Write it down. What is your rightful place? In John chapter 14, Jesus says that he is going to prepare a place for us. He said, I'm going so that you'll have a place. What he also meant is, yes, I am going for the next place that you will inhabit. But while you're on earth, the work is finished. It is finished. A place has been readied for you. A place for you to operate from has been readied for you already. That is done. It was done before you were born. Even before your parents thought of you, it was there. It's been earmarked for you. And your name is on it. If you don't step into it, that place no one else can. It's absolutely yours. You're my son. You're my daughter. When I brought you forth, I had these plans for you. I need you to step into this place. I need you to occupy this place. Because I have dreams for you. I have aspirations for you. You feel like you don't know it enough, but I have dreams for you. So open up your eyes. 
So listen to my spirit. So say yes to the wind. And you can access this place. It's not an idea. And this place will evolve. As time goes on, this place will evolve. It'll be all around this place, are, are, whatever is around this place, always cries out, my purposes for you. My purposes for you are being shouted forth by everything that surrounds you in this place. You're not a number in the system. You're not just another person. These are my purposes purely, clearly, that I have always had ordained for you. Now you can step into it. That is this rightful place. And so when Jacob said, this is the theme, each of us must say, Abba, I want this. Abba, I need this. It doesn't matter what 2023 looked like. In 2024, I'm ready to take this place. This place demands you to leave the old. This place demands you to leave the old. And here's the thing, guys. The old is not always bad. The old is not always evil. The old is not always something you sh ne should have never acquainted yourself with. No. The old oftentimes was the right thing for you up until now. But at this point, God is asking you to move. And when God says move, if you stay on the same track, which was good for you then, if you say, stay on the same track, then you miss out. So for you to access this rightful place, there is a demand on you. And the demand that this place puts on you is to leave the old. Things may be working just fine. Even the old that appears good enough. But you must leave it. Here's the thing with good enough. Good enough is almost always what the father had for you and what the father had for me plus the best efforts from my flesh. That's good enough. The old that you already know is old, which seems good enough today. Others will look at this and go, it's good enough. He's, he's doing okay or she's doing okay. Your spouse may think it's okay. Things seem to be going well with this person. Your pastor may think so. Your leaders may think so. But do you know if the old has run out of its time and the new is something that you need to walk into? Because if you don't, then you become good enough, which is equal to what the, what the Lord had in store for you at a time. But now to that, all you've added and all you can add is the best effort from your flesh. So it becomes hybridized. And it's good enough. It does the job. People won't be able to
people won't be able to see that you haven't moved on because there are flashes of good in it. And you have to be very careful about it. And you need to ask yourself, I need to ask myself, are you in the good enough zone? Or are you, have you moved on to the new place that God has for you? See, the thing is, Jesus knew this at 12 years old. Because at 12 years old, he was expected to be walking back with his parents after the festival. But at 12 years old, he knew that he had a rightful place to take. And where was the rightful place? He had to be in the temple, not just in the temple. He had to be among the teachers at 12 years old. And he was asking them questions and others listened to his answers. And they all said, wow, how can it be that he is 12 years but he speaks with such wisdom and such clarity? Because at 12 years he knew this, that on this day, I'm not supposed to walk back with my parents. On this day, I'm supposed to stay. And not only am I supposed to stay, I need to go sit among the teachers because my Father in heaven has ordained for me a seat and I must occupy that because everything that I have to say, others have to listen. At 12 years old, at 12 years old, it's got your name on it. This rightful place has got your name on it. While all of this is true, here is the other side to it. On a daily basis, Satan and the systems of the world are always trying to stop you from inhabiting this place. That's the other side. So God has this place earmarked for you. This is absolutely yours. As you step in, things begin to change. It positions you towards your destiny. But there is a fight on the other side. And the fight is, how can I stop? How can I stop Matt from accessing this place? How can I bring in busyness? Busyness. How can I bring in chores that take up a lot of time? How can I bring in Chaos. How can I bring in noise? How can I bring in conflicts? How can I bring in pressures of the world? How can I bring in problem A and C and D? How can I bring in these things so that Chermi doesn't think along these lines? And that is the attempt. And the world always wants you to be a number. As you start reading the news, as you start thinking about things, as you hear the news, as you talk to the, to the people around you, the intent is always to make you one among many. Which is why I love what Nick said. You are his son. You're not one among many. You are his son. You are his daughter. As soon as you catch it, then you can fight this. As soon as you catch this, you can fight it. But when you don't, then every system around you is working, 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 day and night, even when you're sleeping, to accomplish this one thing. How can I keep this person out of this place? And so the Spirit of God 
who is in us. He's saying, this year, I need you to access this place. The same tricks that the devil played, the same obstacles that kept you from accessing this place, from inhabiting this place, it can't keep you out anymore. I need you. I need you. It's not that I have I've built this home for you and that if you do well, you get to access it. If you don't, oh. No, I need you to access this place. All of my being thrills at the idea of you stepping in and enjoying everything you have, everything I have for you in this place, plus looking at the God purposes over your life so you can absolutely, absolutely walk into all of those things. Mark chapter 3, Mark chapter 4. Jesus has to cross the sea. But there is a problem. See, when I, when I, you know the story. This is, on the other side, there is a demoniac, and that person needs to be set free. As Jesus is on the boat, there are other boats all around him. When we read the story, we, we just look at that one boat. But there are other fishermen, other people all around him. And as the storm is brewing, and as the waves are tossing, now there comes a time when others are pulling back or others are scared. But in this boat, there is one man who knows that he has to cross over to the other side. And he is absolutely at rest. And there was an attempt to keep him from going over to the other place, to keep him from crossing over to the other place. And there is an attempt to keep you from crossing over, to keep you from moving on to this new place that God has for you. It comes in very many sizes and shapes. But right now, if you allow the Holy Spirit to see it, if you allow him to, to show you what it is, he'll reveal it to you. You can access that place. You know what the trick is. You know how it's a cycle that always tries to attempt you. That, that always tries to attempt from you accessing what God has. I need to read this verse for someone. So do not be overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good. Do not be overcome. Man, these lights... And they make me sweat. That's okay. That's a sacrifice you've got to make. Exactly. Where was I? Yes, I need to, I need to read this verse. So do not be overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good. It's important for someone. Don't allow what you're hearing. Don't allow what's happened to stop you. It's not worth it. It is absolutely not worth it. On the other side, there are things waiting for you, man. 
Do not allow it to stop you. So when evil comes in the form of people, problems, past, whatever that may be, when evil comes, do not be overcome by it. Instead, overcome evil with good. Move in the opposite spirit. It comes as chaos, you stand up and speak peace over it. It comes as hurt, you stand up and say, my father has cleansed my wound and he has taken care of it. So I want to talk about four or five things about your rightful place. There's, there's one other thing. See, as you begin to take your rightful place, as you occupy this place that God has for you, people around you will be confused. Because you begin to speak differently. That's what happened to Joseph. You've seen something that they haven't seen. You begin to speak differently. You begin to walk differently. There is something that you have seen that others haven't seen yet that causes such boldness and courage to spring up within yourself. And now you begin to speak things that are way beyond you. And the other person who is so used to you for the last 30 years begins to listen to this and goes, Oh, that can't happen. And this happened all through the Bible, guys. You read any man that, or woman that God used. As soon as they occupied a place, there were people around them. Even in the case of Jesus, his own siblings, who could not understand what was going on. And so if you truly, if this is a, this is a litmus test. If you truly access that place, then others around you will have and must have question marks. How about that? They must have questions. Your spouse must think, oh, something changed. Your friends must see that you talk different. That is a litmus test. Otherwise, these ideas float in the cloud all above us. It has to translate to flesh being offended. Not for the sake of others being offended, guys. But because that's how it works. It is how it's always worked. Why would it be different for you? When you fully access this place, when it has become yours, when you live in it and operate from that place, you are not operating in the same realm that you have been operating at. It is a different place that you speak from. And then the words that come out of your mouth seem much bigger than who you are. It does not look right. It does not look right. And it must not look right. So as you begin to take your place, your rightful place, your words begin to change. What you see begins to change. Your actions change. And you begin to operate like a man who is, or a woman who is not of this world. 
who has seen something different and has tasted something different and is not bound by the same things that used to pull you back. It has changed. It is a thing of the past. So, a few things about the rightful place. Now, these are things that you need to now begin to say, okay, where, where am I at with respect to these three or four things or five? Number one, your rightful place gives you right of access. Your rightful place gives you right of access. Mark's rightful place will give Mark right of access. You see an orphan girl named Hadassah who did not have much to boast about and talk about occupying a new place in the palace. And she spent 12 months, it says, in the process of being beautified. But I can assure you, those 12 months were for Hadassah, Queen Esther, the, a process for her to recognize her rightful place. The Bible actually says it. For a time such as this, she was there. So for others around her, it seemed like the whole purpose was a time of beautification. But for Hadassah, she knew that this is the time that my father has put me in this place for me to now see things that I hadn't seen before. For me to now speak the words that he wants me to speak. And now as I occupy this place, step one, you first occupy the place, step one, two, then there is a right of access to the king. You first occupy the place that God has given you. And as you occupy that place, then there is a right of access. You're not waiting for the right of access to happen before you occupy. You first occupy that place. And then there is a right of access. Because in the new place that God has for you, in this place that God has for you, you need fresh supplies. You absolutely need new manna, fresh supplies from Him. Because you've been asked to do things, to be things that you haven't been before. You cannot run with the old flames. You need new, fresh supplies. But don't wait because you haven't gotten the supplies. Access the place, and then you will get the supplies. And that's important because otherwise, we, keep, we, we wait for, the, for certain things to fall in alignment before we will do some things. And you must not wait for, for, for things to fall in alignment because they will fall in alignment as soon as you obey the one who asked you to occupy the space. So do not wait for the resources and fresh supplies to open up before you, before you access the place God has for you. Do not wait for all of the conditions to be right before you step into what God has for you. Because there, there will never be a time when all of the conditions are right. 
if you're waiting for the conditions to, to be right, it will never happen. There will always be something that's not right or not in its place. So I can't and you can't wait for the conditions to be right. As you occupy the space, there is right of access. Right of access. Yes, Pawan. Yeah, how do, you, how do you decide when to wait and when to go for it? I would say, when God said there is a rightful place for you, you never wait. You always go for it. Because in the going forth, even when things and conditions don't match, they are not aligned, you're obeying the word that said go. Until he says, either through people or to you, that you have to change the way you operate. The place that's been opened for you is for you to occupy today. The world will tell you that you're not ready for it. Your experiences will tell you that you may not be equipped for it. I'll tell you the story. The story of, in Zechariah chapter 3, Joshua. He's standing, this is the vision that Zechariah has. And in the vision, Joshua is standing before God. And at his right hand is Satan. And what does Satan do? Satan accuses Joshua. He's the high priest. The high priest. He accuses Joshua. And look at Joshua. He's got garments that are filthy. The high priest, before God, has garments that are filthy. And there is an accuser that says, no, 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 no. He can't, he can't, he can't. And God rebukes Satan. And he's given new clothes. And as he's given new clothes, one thing is made clear. Your past, what you did, your present cannot stop you from accessing what I have for you. In fact, a few verses down, if you read Zechariah chapter 3, it says, God told him, I'm giving you the right of access. So when God said, I have a place for you, you never wait. You always go for it. Always. When God tells me, Derek, I need you to do this, or I need you to occupy this place with respect to the people around you, with respect to your marriage, it is something that's been crafted for me. There is no reason, if he has crafted it for me, there is no reason why I should wait. It's always open for me. The truth is, when it comes to new things that God asks us to do, there are question marks that either the world or the devil will bring up to make you question if you're ready for it. To make you question if you're equipped enough for it. And the answer is, you are. If he called you, you are. If he asked you, you're ready. And the result doesn't matter. Because you're on a path where you will figure out, you will learn as you go. I, um, talking about right of access, a few months ago, maybe a couple months ago, Iris and I decided that we need to look for a new place because we need a little more space 
um, compared to where we are living right now, we felt that we need a space, a place with a lot more space. So we said, we sat down one day. If you remember, I had told you the story from a while ago when first time I landed in Vancouver, I was a student and I did not have enough money. I was trying to keep my expenses to a minimum. It was amazing how always, God always opened up places for me. Always. The, when I needed to move to Prince George, I needed a car, because who, who will trust transit in Prince George? I had to get a car. So I, I got a second-hand car, and the guy who sold it to me said, you pay, pay me in installments. Why would anyone allow me to pay in installments? So I paid him in installments for the next four months, and I got a car. So that's how God took care of me. And Don and I, you know, about six years ago, we were like, okay, we need to move to this new place because we don't want to, uh, we want to be in Surrey because work is in Surrey. We decided we'd move. And I remember frantically looking up Kijiji and Craigslist so that I can find a place for us to move to. And I remember doing this and then uh, I was at the house church at Mark and Rhonda, uh, Rhonda's place. And uh, I was leading the house church. Anne and Elmer were sitting right across me. And before I even started the, the meeting, Anne and Elmer answered, hey, I have something to say. Okay, Anne, go ahead. And Anne says, I feel that there is someone here who is operating out of rest. And God wants him or God wants you to know that you need to operate in rest. As soon as you said that, I was like, that is so me. That is so me. Because there is a way that God brought me up. And I have forgotten his ways to now rely on Craigslist and Kijiji to find a place for me. That's what six years could do for you. And so Don and I decide, no, we ain't taking this place. We, we had already found a place using Craigslist, which was very close to work, about 15 minutes from work. We were like, no, you know, from 45 minutes to 15 minutes, even though it's close enough, we ain't taking this place. We decide no. And we go back and we, we say, Abba, this is the way you have raised us. So we don't want to go the way of Craigslist and Kijiji. You open a place for us. So he did. And the place that we ended up staying at um, ended up being two minutes from work. Two minutes. It was great for the time we were there. And so that's the story. So Iris and I, to, um, about two months ago, we'd sit down and we were like, okay, we need to now move. And you have to learn from your mistakes, yeah? So this time I, I decided with Iris, we ain't frantically looking. Because God teaches you. And as you, as you learn, you have to practice these things that you're learning. So we were talking one night and we said, why don't we write down everything we need? And so Iris, being the woman she is, and you know, she needs to take care of the family, she had a list of items that she needed at this new place. And I had one item that I wrote down. And so we write this, and uh, a few days later, we find this ad on Kijiji. But the way we approached it, very different. And I text this person, and the, the lady responds, and Turns out we have a mutual friend, and turns out she's like, we need you to be, you know, our tenants. Please come, please take this place. So we go there, and um, this was a month ago. We get the keys, and everything that Iris asked for is there. And Iris actually, because we, we, you know, we wrote it down, 
I just said, there is this one thing, this may be way beyond because I can't sum up all of this in a line, so there are two, three things, but I'm not even writing it. The three things that she did not write, we have access to it at this new place. But I only had one item, which was easy access to parking. (laughs) That's all I cared about because everything else is Iris's problem. And so... I, need, I just needed it, because I used to live at a place where I had to take three levels down and then go around and around and then go park. It's just too much walking and too much noise. So it's like, it's, it's easier if I have easy access to parking. But that day we didn't get a chance to go, go to the parking the, the day we got our keys. But today I went, and turns out, all I need to do is press, fob up, gate up, go straight park. I have never been at a place like this. I don't need to turn left or right. I just go straight and I park. And there are 400 lots all around me. I'm the only one in that building who will be able to go straight, park. And what I did today is I, I drove in and I laughed. I laughed. Why? Because when you occupy your rightful place, because this is a place he designed for us. He is, this isn't, this isn't, this isn't just spiritual, guys. This is, this translates into every area of your life. Because we have a habit to spiritualize everything. So that it's cloudy enough in the head. It's so tangible. You can touch it. And when you occupy your rightful place, There is right of access. So you don't wait when God says, I have this place for you. Never wait. Always go. Because God is looking for a people who will leave anything and everything behind so that you will say, if he said, I'm running. I don't know all the answers, but I'm running. I don't know how it will turn out. And I'm going to look foolish, but I'm running. He needs a people like this. Yeah. Let's go back to Exactly what Iris said at the beginning. Two things. The prodigal son, Luke chapter 15, is away from his father. He has made a bunch of mistakes. He has, the stuff he has done can't be written in the word. So the only thing you can say is he's the prodigal son who went away and did a bad, that's what he did. He was corrupted. He lost track of everything. And he was close to dying. But there was a rightful place that he could inhabit. All he had to do was take the first step. Sometimes all you need to do is, I know that's the direction, so I'll take the first step. Because in you taking the first step, the next step becomes visible. In you not taking the first step, nothing seems visible. 
take the first step back to the father's house. You know the direction. You don't want to go. Because how can you even face him? But take the first step. Let's go back to the second story I just shared. Deborah. Judges 4 or 5. One day, she wakes up. And there is a call on her life for her to rise up so that others can be led to what God has. What does she do? She begins to speak. So these things translate in actions. Either words or things or places that you actually inhabit and do. That's how we move away from things being too abstract to things being tangible. So then, I was talking with someone here at, this, at Acts yesterday, and the person was saying, God has always told me about Indonesia. And Indonesia is a place that I'm supposed to go to. And the person was saying, I am doing this and this so that I go to Indonesia. So you can have the word being spoken over your life, saying that you are going to Indonesia, and you can wait for someone to call you to go to Indonesia. You can wait for all of the conditions to be right until you go to Indonesia, or you can say, he has called me, I'm ready. And because I'm ready, I'm preparing for this already. And you've, we've all got to think, what are these things that God is inviting us into? And I said, when you occupy, it does not mean you haven't occupied. You know if you've occupied or not. For me, when I look at my life, and I, I was sharing with the Jake, this with Jacob, I always run into trouble when people ask, and then I give a lot of answers, lot of, uh, answers with a lot of information. There you go. Here is one for you, Nick. I was talking with Jacob about a couple of weeks before... Yeah, I think it was a couple of weeks ago. I was talking with him and I was telling him, there is this one thing that I know God spoke over me last year. Because I was in New York with Jacob. We went on a walk and my heart was restless because I, I, I knew that there was something that God wanted for me. And I remember talking with Jacob about it. And my heart was still restless. And on the flight back from New York to Vancouver, I'm in the flight and uh, 6.30, right? <laughs> I'm in the flight, and uh, I know that God wants me to do something. It will, actually, no. God gave me a name. He gave me a name. And I was like, wow, this is so beyond me. Because about a year, year, or year and a half before that, he had given me a name. And he said, you're a rebuilder. And so I I said, how can I be? And I said, okay, well, in my life, then you're going to rebuild things in me and through me, other things. So at work, at Wally, wherever you are, you're rebuilding because that's the name. And so a year and a half later, I'm restless inside me, and God says, here's your name. And I get this name, and I'm like, this is so no me, not me. I can't do it. And I remember that was about eight months or nine months ago. And just a couple of weeks ago, I was telling Jacob, I haven't occupied that place. I haven't. But I, trust me, I know, I know it was God. 
I know it is him inviting me into it. I know that when I do, things will change for me. I know that is my name. I know he calls me by that name. But I did not occupy that place. I know that deep inside me. But I'm ready. I'm not going to waste that. Now that I know, now that I've, I've spoken about it, and, and, and do this. Speak about your failures, your mishaps to people around you. Why would you hide? Trust me, you're not perfect, I'm not perfect. It's a pretty easy game. So then you know, and now I'm ready. Now I'm like, Abba, I need to inhabit this place. I need to enter into this place. Because when I do, I know that things in me will change and it will benefit others too. So it's very tangible. You can touch it. Okay. I won't finish this, but we'll do two more points. The other thing, guys, is whenever there is an attempt to stop you, like there was an attempt against Jesus crossing over, speak, rebuke the devil. You see that over and over again in the Bible. You're not praying when opposition comes. Sometimes you need to pray. But sometimes praying is not the answer. Sometimes when opposition comes, the response that God expects of you is to rebuke certain things. Satan comes and begins to tempt Jesus, this and that and this. At the end, Jesus says, be gone, Satan. He's in the boat. He's crossing over. There is storms. There, are, there, there is a storm and there, is, there are waves. Jesus says, be still. It's done. Use words. Use words. Use words. Use words. When you see it's a pattern, when you see it's the same trick, you, you rebuke the devil. It is your rightful portion. Inside you, if you have the Spirit of God, you have everything you need to speak peace into a situation, to speak God words into a situation, and to rebuke the devil. The second point is... Your rightful place is in the throne room of God, at the right hand of the Father. Your rightful place is in the throne room of God, at the right hand of the Father. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 14. Since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens. I spoke about this some time ago. Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. Jesus, our elder brother, who now sits at the right hand of God, he passed through heavens. When every power, every principality on earth, wherever, tried to stop Jesus from going through the heavens to be seated at the right hand of God, nothing could stop him. Same way, as I said, there is an attempt to stop us. But when you say, no, 
None of these things can pull me back. And you begin to take, you begin to operate out of the authority that God has given you. You press ahead. You have that authority. I have that authority. I have the power. You have the power. The devil wants to limit your vision. He wants to limit your vision. He always wants you to see less than what God has for you. God always wants you to see everything that he has for you at a specific time. And the devil, on the other hand, he tries continually to limit your vision. But when you, when I, when you live out of the throne room, you see in the present that which is to come. When you and I begin to live out of this of the throne room, we begin to see that which is already to come. It's not here yet, but it is ready to come. It's not here yet, but it's already there. You begin to see things. Which is why Abraham, when he was 75 and important, he couldn't, he couldn't dream of having a child. But God said, you'll have a son. God said, you'll be the father of a nation. God said, there'll be so, your generations, I'll bless it. I'll bless. Jesus, the son of a carpenter, has to walk to now breathe life into Lazarus. The physical reality is always going to challenge, raise question marks against that which God wants to release into your life. Gideon, Jacob talked about him a couple of weeks ago. The, the dude had called up about 22,000 people to go fight a battle. And God says, no, let's go down to 10,000. And then there is 10,000 people to go against. And God says, no, 300. The physical, how can you go battle against a giant army with 300 people? Your physical reality will always question that which God wants to birth in the spiritual. And what he births in the spiritual, you will see it in the physical. So when you live with heaven's perspective, you disregard the noise and align your life to the call over your life. You align your life to the call over your life. Let's go to number three. Your rightful place is a place of resolve to lead those around you to true sonship. Your rightful place is a place of resolve to lead those around you to true sonship. So when you occupy this place, there is conviction. It's a loud no to certain things. It's a strong yes to certain things. It's not under the basket Christianity. It is strong. You know exactly what God ha has asked you to do. And you're very clear about it. You're convicted by it. And you speak your convictions. This world, please hear me. This world is desperately in need of people who, who are truly convicted of what they believe in. Christians think that people look at, at Christian, Christians think that people look at their convictions and are offended. It is true. The cross is an offense for a lot of people, for everyone. 
but it is also true that the world people around you are looking for people with strong convictions people who will say yes to certain things and people who will say no to certain things in your campus there are tons of students who need you to be convicted about certain things that you believe in and your convictions have to flow through your mouth with strong yeses and loud shout noes because then they'll see that there is something different about you you try to you try to make everything tolerant for others that's the last thing you need to do there is already enough people especially in canada and around the world where there is enough tolerance offered to everything what this world needs is people who are convicted and when you are you become like daniel daniel in 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 chapter 1 where there is offered to him all sorts of good stuff that the king has provided but he says when you read it it clearly says he resolved that he will not eat and partake of that which was placed in front of him the thing is shadrak meshak abednego their names aren't included in the first list of along with daniel they came after i like to think that daniel resolved first that he won't eat it and then shadrak meshak abednego looked at him and said i want to stand with him will you be that person will you be that person wherever god has planted you to say i have resolved that i will operate like this when people enter your homes when people enter your cars when people enter wherever you are at there is a long term continual res- resolve that you have to show that people will see and they will change that is how it works it can be a long term relationship where you have that you have with a, a bunch of people they'll see see it over a long period of time or it could be a, an instant thing where you had an encounter with this person you had something to do speak act on and it and you did and there is a change i was in chicago last week i'm uh, leaving the hotel to fly back to vancouver and i'm in the car and there's a lady driving and we begin to have a conversation and i know that this conversation has to go beyond high and by and how how your day is going so i begin to talk and she begins to talk i was supposed to get back to the airport in 40 minutes it took 50 minutes because we were talking you should laugh for that please thank you makes me feel better <laughs> and julian i'll stop in 10 minutes <laughs> as we're talking she opens up her life and she begin she begins to say my my kids treated me like this and these things have happened and i know why i'm in that car i know why i'm placed there i know what i need to speak and now it's up to me do i speak it or do i not and so i choose to speak and if you know you want to go back to your to go back to the airport and 40 minutes become 50 minutes but it's well worth it because everything that the holy spirit wanted to accomplish you accomplish and often times when people tear up a barrier is broken something changed something was released something was shifted you do your job and you move on you need to be and i need to be men and women of strong resolve who will lead others around you to this one father who likes having 
his sons and daughters return to him. Last thing. Your rightful place is in the valley of men. Your rightful place is in the valley of men. I'm just going to read something out. This is what Jesus modeled for us. You must come down from the mountain and go through Samaria outside your comfort. So if you want to take your rightful place, you have to operate out of your comfort zone. You must come down the mountain. <laughs> you must come down the mountain and confer worth upon people. Those around you confer worth. People at work confer worth. People on the streets confer worth. You must come down, not in the robe of priest kings, but in humanness. Open your life. Show how real and human you are. Show your mistakes. Show that you've had a past that God took you out of. You must come down and associate with outsiders. It can be lepers, Samaritans, prostitutes. You must associate with outsiders. Briel is saying I need to stop, so I'll stop. Last thing. In the kingdom, you're expected always to be on the front lines. Once you're a matured Christian, you're always expected to be on the front lines. You need to ask the question, are you? Are you on the front lines advancing what God has? Yeah. Wherever you are, you're living to an audience of one. And you're very mindful of every God purpose that He has for you, wherever you are. So, Abba, I thank you that this is something you have crafted for us. You've been talking to us for weeks now. And uh, all of us, Abba, we submit our lives to you. We submit our lives to you so that you can have us do everything you want us to do. Become, because more than doing or before doing or as you're doing, become everything you want us to become. About out of this house, you will raise men and women who will go way beyond the confines of this place, the confines of this building, the confines of this land, the nation, they'll go and do things for you, Abba. Abba, help us as a people to inhabit this new rightful place you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Are there any announcements? Right. That's it, everyone. Oh yeah, there'll be people praying here. So if you have...
If you need prayer, just come up.